During a retreat, four Christian men were getting really honest with each other about their struggles in life. And one man said, my biggest temptation is lust. I'm embarrassed to admit it. The next guy said, well, my struggle is gambling. Nobody knows this about me, but I'm occasionally tempted to sneak off to the casinos. And then a third guy chimed in, my temptation is alcohol, and I've often drank way more than I should. And then the last man said, guys, I really hate to tell you this, but my greatest temptation is gossip. And if you'll excuse me, I need to go post a few things on social media. <laughs> I wonder what temptation looks like for you. As we continue our series on the Lord's Prayer, we come to the passage, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This morning, I invite each of you to look at that sentence with open hearts and open minds, ready to receive a new awareness from God. We are all tempted. This is a part of the human condition. Temptation is the lure or wooing that we feel internally, often fed by others or by television marketing or by the devil himself, to think or act in ways that are morally wrong or not healthy or just not helpful for us. We're tempted to overconsume, to gossip, tempted to not care, tempted by the desire for more, tempted by the need for affirmation, tempted to want what is not ours, tempted to blow up at each other, tempted to live and think that the world revolves around us. So many temptations. And the question is not whether or not we will be tempted, but how will we respond to temptation when it comes? The devil wants a word with us today. The devil talked with Jesus when he fasted and prayed, so why wouldn't the devil want a word with us today here at church? This is the very thing that Jesus had to deal with first. In the Gospel of Luke, this is the very first conversation of Jesus recorded as an adult. Before he can be Christ the teacher, Christ the healer, Christ the comforter, Christ the befriender, Christ the deliverer, Jesus has to deal with destructive alternatives already whispering in his head. He has to do some private confrontation with dishonest choices and make some firm refusals. He has to decide to let God lead him. We know him as the one whose life, more than anything else, was a resounding yes. Yes to God, yes to humankind, yes to boundless love. But his magnificent yes was founded on his adamant no to everything false. And he didn't have to do it just once. Again and again in his wilderness, he had to drive down the stake of his refusal. It didn't matter either that he had just received this beautiful blessing down at the river. The voice over him saying, this is my beloved son. Knowing who he was did not spare him anything. Knowing he was special did not help. It actually makes things worse because the hardest testing always comes at the point of our strengths. 
not our weaknesses. And the point in question for him and for us is what are we going to do with our power, especially our power to achieve something good? That's what the devil invites him to do, to achieve marvelous results that are exactly the results that he came to accomplish. So we see Jesus this morning going into the desert for 40 days, 40 days with nothing to eat. And he is praying and is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the voice comes and says, Jesus, turn this stone into bread. And it means survive. Jesus, you haven't eaten for 40 days. You're starving. Make something to eat. And if you can do it with a rock, just think, Jesus, how you could feed the multitudes. Jesus, you want to feed hungry people, don't you? Well then, then Satan takes him to the high point of the temple and encourages him to jump. And he quotes Psalms 91, verses 11 and 12, in which the psalmist promises that God's angels would protect God's people. Now, it's, it's interesting to me that in this temptation, the devil quotes scripture. Yes, even the devil believes God exists. Even the devil can quote scripture. And just because someone quotes scripture does not mean they are leading you in the right path. Unfortunately, today, too many people have mouths that can quote scripture, but have a heart full of hate. But the voice to Jesus says, take control. Take control, Jesus. You see who's in charge of this world now? The Romans are cruel oppressors. They crush the poor little defenseless ones. Just a quick bow to me, and then be the Lord of the world. Establish justice, peace, the kingdom of God. You want to bring the kingdom of God in, don't you, Jesus? Just do a little evil to achieve a great good. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And then the voice says, show the world that God is wonderfully and real and wonderfully working through you. Come here. Let's look at Jerusalem. Look at that. See that high point over there? Go over there and climb to that high point and go and with trusting, joyous confidence, leap off, knowing that God will lift you up. The Bible says God will lift you up, Jesus, and they will believe. They'll believe. Jesus, you want people to believe. This is what you want. You want survival for everyone. You want the kingdom of God. You want people to have faith. Well, Jesus, here's your chance. And if he did this, Jesus would either be delivered by God or die. Either way, he would avoid the road that ended in the cross. It's the right destination, says the devil. No, Jesus says, it's the path. The daily path towards the destination that God shows you. It does not matter what I want in the end. It matters entirely the path I take. Now let's stop for a moment and acknowledge the obvious and say that the particulars of these temptations really aren't that tempting to us at all. 
turn a rock into bread? Well, you know, I don't have that problem. I, I can resist that without any difficulty. To be told the truth, I have a much harder time driving past that Krispy Kreme donut shop on my way to church. Bow down to the devil? No, that's not going to be me. Not a problem. And I, for one, have never, ever looked at a church steeple and thought it was a good idea to climb up to the very top and jump off to prove some point about God. That just sounds ridiculous to me. And so... This text at this level makes no connection to me, and yet I do want all kinds of good for the world, and I do want to be a part of all kinds of good. Now, do you suppose it's possible that I or we might be seduced into reaching for what is good in ways that are not good at all? Like Jesus we can be tempted to do a little evil to achieve a great good. When I was about seven or eight years old, I was sitting one Sunday morning in church beside my grandmother, and I must have been a little bit bored because I was drawing on the bulletin. And I whispered to my grandmother, can I draw the devil? I asked because I thought she might not like it and I might get into trouble. But she whispered back to me, yes, just draw him as ugly as you can, which was the right answer because you don't want a child to think of evil as anything but awful. But still in time, all of us have come to grips with the fact that evil comes to us very often disguised as something quite beautiful. It is a beautiful thing to love what you do, love doing it well, but such love can be idolatrous and shut out family and friends who need us. It's a beautiful thing to love these friends and families, but such love can easily be a turning away from strangers who truly need someone's love. And it's a great thing to tell the truth, isn't it? But sometimes we tell the truth with, with such tones that it is an affront to the truth. It's a good thing to be right and to know that we are right, but we can express our rightness in ways that make us dead wrong. It's beautiful to have love, to feel love, yet often the love that we see is self-serving illusion that's naive and undisciplined and thoughtlessly dangerous to people and to ourselves. And the kind of world that we live in, if we are honest, we will find that living a faithful life is really not easy at all. However, the prevailing assumption among us, I think, is that if we, we think that if we do the work that is ours to do and have reasonably good desires and are fairly receptive and follow our hearts, then we will be just fine. Isn't that true? No, it isn't. There is a poison spirit in the air, in our time, as in every time. All around us and within us, there are false voices that whisper lies, even in our better moments, even in church. Jesus was praying when the voices came to him. He was fasting, asking for directions, and it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and still 
The voice insinuated itself into his mind, making friendly suggestions. That should tell us not to be naive about ourselves, about each other, or about our world. We have to be, as Jesus said, wise as serpents, sharp, watchable, and above all, with the kind of humility that does not ever stop seeking discernment. Now, Jesus had some strategies for himself and for us as we face temptation. He knows that he needs some distance from his world. The distance wasn't enough, but he knew he needed it. And so he removes himself for a while to go and seek silence, to get perspective, to listen, to pray. He also has this strategy to bring discipline to himself. In this case, to eat nothing for a very long time. In other words, to experience his own deep emptiness and to offer that ache up to God. But did you notice what his real resistance finally comes down to? It rises from those old sweet words of scripture. Now being the son of God, you would think maybe he would come up with some new words of his own. I don't know, maybe he was too hungry Maybe he was too under attack, but I prefer what most theologians think, that he had rehearsed his performance and his resource was ready when those voices started. He understood that to hold to our God-given humanity against temptation, you cannot just make it up on the spot, but you must be ready with a thick, palpable response that silences those voices and defeats the challenge. Am I strong enough to do that? Are you strong enough to do that? To keep refusing false choices with all your mind and heart without those strong biblical words that have always breathed life into truth into your soul. One of the many reasons that we read and study the Bible here is that it is a witness of a long fellowship of resistance, bearing witness to the one who never stops repudiating lies. The longer I live, the more I realize how much I need those old words of scripture and how much I need a community of people who are still being formed and shaped and led by those words. Well, this is what Jesus said when he was tempted. He said that it is more than survival we live by, and we bow to nothing but God, and that we will not appropriate God for our own agenda. And so he said no to the powers who incidentally will do anything for their survival and will do anything necessary to assure their dominion and who will regularly invoke the name of God for their own agenda. And that, by the way, is why they choose to kill him, to see to their own survival. These powers will see to their own protection of their own dominion, and they will cling to their franchise on God. So when he said no to these choices out in the wilderness, he was already stooping down and taking up that cross that they would kill him on. And yet when they caught him in Jerusalem, they fixed him to a different kind of high place than the one that the devil had showed him. And according to Luke, his last words from there 
were words of strange trust. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That's what Jesus had from the start. From every moment of every day of his life, trusting in God. That was his yes. Yes to life. Yes to us. Jesus was well aware of the world in which his disciples then and now would live. He knew we would have to deal with terrifying things. After all, this is a fallen world where the forces of nature run rampant at times, and it is a world full of sinners, human beings, that do wicked and sometimes foolish things to one another. This is a difficult place where we struggle with flesh and blood and also with powers and principalities, tempting to do things that not only hurt us, but lead us to work against the purpose of God. And Jesus calls us to pray and to be led, not into temptation, and to be delivered from evil. Sometimes we forget that the emphasis should be on the first two words of that sentence, lead us. Now, this word for lead us is an interesting word. It is not the usual word for lead, which means to direct. The Greek word here means to bring or to carry. So it implies a very personal involvement and assistance. It's not the kind of leading where a general directs his troops from the safety far from enemy lines or from some safe concrete barrier far, far away on a distant hilltop. No, this kind of leading that Jesus was talking about is more like a shepherd walking alongside his flock as they make their way through a dark valley filled with predators and other dangers. And notice in this sentence that Jesus didn't say, keep us from temptation, because that would be impossible. As fallen people in a fallen world, we are going to encounter temptation. I don't know about you, but I don't need any help at all finding temptation. I can find it all by myself. And that is why the prayer says, lead us, bring us, carry us through, Show us the way, Jesus, as you walk beside us and deliver us from the evil that we will face. Jesus knew from the internal struggle with temptation. He knew the lure of the evil one who sought to derail his ministry and our ministry. And he knew that we would struggle personally with temptation and evil. He knew some days we would have difficulty finding our way on his path. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we are opening ourselves to God's leadership and ownership of our lives. As we pray the Lord's Prayer every day, we are being guarded and kept for a final inheritance that is ours only by his grace. And so let us refuse what he refused for love's sake. In the dailiness of our trust, let each of us say no, so that our lives may be lifted into his conquering, joyous, everlasting yes.
Let us pray.